Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Fire up for pro football. That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad. Wouldn't kill you. We play some competitive sports once in a while, wouldn't it? Would that make you love me? Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Whoever number 11 is on the Browns, the wide receiver just dropped a wide open touchdown pass. So that's uh, something. Yeah, that's going to cost them some. You know, the Browns are out of the three. Game. The quietest eight and three ever. They haven't actually played a ton of good teams, so I think that's why. But Browns are eight and three. Give them some credit. No, the, the, the Browns are doing their thing. You know, like Baker Mayfield, I, I think, you know, he's still not the, he's not the guy that, you know, I think a lot of people thought he was going to be coming out of. Uh, Oklahoma, but Baker Mayfield is still uh, very good. I still question his leadership, you know, at times, you know, he's just, he seems like he does like kind of a, kind of a bonehead, but fiery. And I'll take that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> a fiery you know, bonehead. Yeah, seriously. Like, That's you what know, you want. Like Brett Favre was a bonehead. Tom, Brett Favre, like for as good as he was, he would make dumbass <laughs> throws sometimes. Like, why did you do that? that like was, that throw that Mike Lennon just like made that, that worked well, out Mike for Lennon, that's, come on, man. That's threw Mike. it right at the Vikings defender who tipped it into the air. It went right into the arms of the receiver in the end zone. I think it was LaVisca Chenault. Yeah. I, I think if you're former the, Colorado Buff, LaVisca Chenault. If you're Chenault. the Jaguars, you're just destined to have a terrible quarterback. Speaking of the Browns and Jaguars, did you hear uh, Mayfield on the field last week during one of the plays? No. The defensive line for the Jaguars like shifted before the snap, and in the middle of the play, Bake, Bake, uh, Baker goes, real effing cute, guys. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I also... Uh, I also remember, didn't he do, was it him? It was a quarterback got caught in the NFL films montage or whatever, where uh, somebody made a change on defense and he goes, oh, you've been doing some research. Oh, that was Cam Newton. Uh, yeah, it was Cam. Oh, you've yeah. been watching Cam. film. You've been watching watch film. film, huh? Watch this. <laughs> yeah. I like that a lot. That is one thing that I think I've been enjoying about the COVID games in the NFL is that 
you can hear more on the field. Absolutely. The I mean, chatter you, is great. You always had the field mics and you always could hear some stuff, but now it's just like you get everything. Mm-hmm. And it's great. Even though there's some fans in some of these stadiums, like in Tennessee right now, there's some fans in there. Um, but like it doesn't it doesn't block out and I, that. I, I think those, you know, the the point you brought up about Baker and even the one about Cam, like it just goes to show you how, you know, while he might be a bonehead, how smart these guys are. You know, when they see when they can see one person shift or one person drop back into coverage, Real you know, cute oh, guys. oh, okay, I see what you're doing here. It's all good before the ball snap. Like that's to, football for those who who have never played before, those who've never seen a playbook. Man, it's like learning quantum physics. Like seriously, the playbook looks like that. It's really confusing, and if you can't learn it, then you're not going to be on the field. So. Um, these guys are, are study a lot, watch a lot of film, and I think you have to if you're going to be, especially if you're going to be a quarterback, film, you need to live there. You need to live in the film room. You need to study. You need to do all this stuff, which is why Cam, who's as bad as he is at some time, you know, can come to the uh, to the line of scrimmage and say, oh, okay, you've been watching film. Okay, well, watch this. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. And he's not even somebody that's considered I know, he's a, been... a legit quarterback, a solid you know, NFL. He's that's that's probably what it is. He's a solid NFL quarterback. He's not a superstar. He's quarterback never been anymore. considered the most like film room smart quarterback. No, but even he can sit there and look and see what. Oh, okay, I see what y'all doing here. Mm-hmm. That's you know that just goes to show how talented all these guys are and how smart that you have to be to play quarterback. That's pretty cool. Uh, by the way, also I'm just gonna uh, we'll do that. We'll do the uh, the segment I tease next segment because we're already almost at the break here. Uh, Taysom Hill sucks. Oh. I would like to again show complete and utter confusion as to why Sean Payton is in love with Taysom Hill at quarterback. He is not good. He can run the football. He is very good at doing that, but he cannot throw the football. And if he's really the heir apparent to Drew Brees, then there are going to be some issues in New Orleans. Man, I'm trying to figure out why my man got LASIK for nothing. I know he started for one half (laughs) and then got benched for for Taysom Hill. You know, so it was all, (laughs) all for nothing, man. So I I feel bad, you know. Do you really think Jameis would have been better with LASIK? Probably, man. Not listen. Being able to see Lynch, man, that's important. I know and I have contacts. I there, have terrible vision. There you go. So just imagine, you just take your, take those contacts out I and can't. try to make something happen. I'm basically blind without them. So there's no wonder Jameis was throwing the six guys that weren't on his team. Like there's no wonder he was doing that. He couldn't if, see. I don't know. He was Ricky Wild Thing Vaughn. I have to be very clear. If you have never had vision problems, you just don't understand. Um, I have really, really, really bad vision like exceptionally bad vision. Uh, My contact strength number is incredibly high. Most people who have contacts are in like the twos. They're like minus or plus two, minus or plus three is the number. I'm at minus 7.5 and minus eight. You're like Mr. Magoo. I'm really blind. Um, When I take my contacts out, I can function like walking from my bedroom to the bathroom because I know where things are, but I cannot see anything. I really, it's just all blurry. I want to know how bad Jameis Winston's eyes were. I want to know what his contact slash glasses, or I guess if contacts is easier for me to understand, what his contact prescription would have been if he didn't get LASIK, if he actually got contacts. Because if it was my number, then he's out there throwing to nothing. I, I, it's got to be impossible because you can't see at my level. But, like, it's got to be something like that. Has there ever been an NFL quarterback with glasses? Like goggles? I think didn't, didn't not McMahon. He would play with the headband. Like, has there ever been an NFL quarterback that wore, like, prescription goggles? I don't know if you you really can. Oh, here we go. Um, Which greasy, though? 
Oh my god. One of the Greasies wore eyeglasses while playing. He wasn't readers. It was Bob Greasy. It was Bob. Okay. All it said was Greasy, and I was like, which Greasy? Bob Greasy wore glasses when he was playing for a little bit. But uh, I don't think a lot of people do because you know what? Those can break. They can. Mm -hmm. They can, especially when you get hit, hit really hard in the face. Oh, hey, look. Sam Darnold threw a touchdown. It's a crowder, bro. Oh. Right? Are the Raiders going to lose with the Jets? Oh, well, I mean, ever since they moved to Las Vegas, man. Hey, they've been pretty good this year. Yeah, they've, I mean, no, they've they've they they've been playing the some inspired. They've been playing some the Chiefs. They played some inspired games. Only but, Chiefs lost, and they pushed them twice. Yeah. So just you know, and then they also had like their worst game of the year against. Um, oh my God, who were they playing a couple weeks ago? The Titans, I think it was, where they scored like three points. It's terrible. <laughs> it was an absolutely terrible game. All right, let's break. We're back on time. Coming up next, would you prefer football every day, or do you like it the way it is now? This is Football Sunday on the Fan. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Ten seventeen here on your Sunday morning. Football Sunday here with you till 11, leading you into the pregame of the Seahawks game. I wanted to pose this question. It was a question that I thought of on Wednesday this week, and... It took me a while to kind of come up with an answer for myself. So I want to see what you guys think. Text line is 503-250-1080. And of course, you guys is also Rashad and Joe. Do you want the NFL to stay exactly the same with, God, Taysom Hill is bad, um, where all the games are on Sunday except for Thursday and Monday? Or would you prefer if the NFL was more like the baseball model and there were games every day. Now, you still had the same amount of games. It wasn't, a, you know, 160 games, which is obviously impossible, but even any more than that. But instead of there being every game on Sunday, you have two Monday through Saturday and then maybe three on Sunday. And you still get every game in. That would be, what, two times six is 12, 15 games. Yeah, so that, that's that's it. You, you get that or maybe, you know, you, you can change up what day has more depending on what you want to do. It doesn't matter. Would you rather have that and watch the NFL like that, or would you rather have it stay the same? Because I was watching the game on Wednesday going, man, it's nice that there's football on Wednesday in the afternoon. It was 1240, and there was a football game on. Don't worry about the, the, the quality of the game because of the weird COVID stuff going on, but just if that was the regularly scheduled game, you'd have Wednesday afternoon football, which is pretty cool. Uh, like, it's it sounds good, but... I kind of go through these, like, when I'm watching on Sundays, like, for instance, I'll probably watch today till about 2 o'clock, and then that's when I typically kind of tune football out a little bit. I, I like the idea of looking forward to that Sunday, looking forward to football Sunday. You know, that's what it's if I know I'm going to sit there with some breakfast and then some beers a little later on and just get a chance to veg out and, and watch football. And then you got the Sunday night game that comes on a little bit later. Like, I like the idea of having games – throughout the week, but then you run the risk of having two games a day and, and two of them are terrible, you know, like, and that's the, or, or one of them is terrible or both of them, you know, kind of suck. We had that issue on, on Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. like all these bad teams, like why are we getting all these crap teams playing on Thanksgiving? Why do we always have to watch the lions play and the Cowboys and the Cowboys every no offense, 
Every single <laughs> Joe Joe perked <laughs> up a little bit. Every every year we have to watch these teams play, and it's like this is stupid. It's not 1968 anymore. Like let's get us give us some actually actual competitive teams. And so I think that would be the the big issue. Like with basketball, you you have every other day, but then you'll you'll at least have one, maybe a couple of competitive games. Basketball's a little bit easier to watch teams be competitive, you know. But football, it's it's it can be a little overkill if it was every day. I think the fact that it's Sunday makes it special because there's no think about this. There's no other sport outside of college uh, football that's you know programmed for that day. You know, like Sundays, we know for a fact. That just and you take away Sunday football, your that honey do list has got to get done on that Sunday. There's no more sit and chill. There's no more any of that stuff. Like yeah, but see what you're you're not thinking of here is every single day you sit and chill because you got football. On but for day. not as long, you know. Like so, I mean, True. two two hours or two games. You know, I can I can watch those games, but I might not watch want to watch Jaguars Bills in the later game or the morning game. Mm-hmm. Then I can get that honey do list done. Mm. Like I, there's no way I'm gonna miss. Well, Bears Lions, I can miss that one too. You know, again, that's another game. That's like, I like how man, you looked up and that was the game that was this, on. Just imagine if this was the game that was on, you know, Tuesday, Tuesday at, at four o'clock. Bears and Lions, awesome, right? Like, and I think that's where, like, I can turn we can turn the channel from this right now to another game, a competitive game, if we really wanted to. And I think that's the great thing about Sundays. I think just with having the games spaced out, I feel like I miss a lot of action on Sundays because there is so many damn games. I feel like I wouldn't care on Sunday anymore. Uh, I don't know. It's already a weekend. Like, I've seen 10 football games for the week. It's like, uh, I'm going to go chill today. I'm not going to go watch these games. So I, I think you were saying there's about, like, 14 to 16 games a week. Obviously, once you get in the middle of the season, the bye weeks start happening. So, yeah, about, like, 13 to 15 games a week. You space that out throughout the week, like maybe a game every day, a Monday, Tuesday, when like if something like that. Right, and then, then a couple get, with two or three or something. Yeah, then you're getting like six to seven games on Sunday. Oh, a couple, I see what you're You know, saying. a yeah. couple in the morning slot, a couple in that one that could work. Sunday night football. And to me, I'm able to then pay attention and see more of the action throughout the week rather than Sunday having all these games and having to go back and try and see everything that happened all from just one day. And then I I don't remember what happened, and so it's kind of hard just to cover the entire league and figure out what's going on when you have thirteen games all on one day or twelve, eleven, whatever the case is. Because we don't even watch games anymore; we just watch Red Zone. Exactly. You know, now, like, and so it's hard to really break down how good a team is because we only see those those few highlights on Red Zone. And you see some part. of these like NFL analysts too. It's just like. It's like, how are you watching all of these games? And granted, you know, some of them are they get paid, paid really like, well. But like the pro football focus guys and just some writers and um, who's the one guy with the oh, the Walter Sharps of the world. It's like these guys literally they just get to break down film and that's what they're doing literally throughout the whole week. Mm-hmm. But even on Sundays, it seems like they're able they have like 10 sets of eyes at one time just watching all the games. Well, they all so. have a bunch of TVs. Yeah, yeah, I that was my initial thought was. It gives you a chance to really watch all of the teams and really get a full kind of view of what's happening. Um, and that's why I was like, you know, I might want games every single day because, you know, normally I wouldn't watch blank team play or not pay that much attention to it, but it's on and it's in the afternoon and I'm going to watch it, especially on the West coast. You know, that would be like an afternoon game for mm-hmm. us probably in a early evening game. But I switched because although you may criticize red zone for changing how we view football, I think red zone has helped save football in a lot of senses uh, as has fantasy too. 
Uh, a lot of the times the quality of play in the NFL, especially early in the season, the first six-ish weeks, is not great. There's a lot of bad games. And when you're yeah. watching Red Zone, you're watching all of the good moments and all of the good games at once. And if I, if you spread all the games out, although with Joe's idea, if you keep like six on Sunday, you still could have a Red Zone with those. But uh, you kind of lose that, right? And uh, it kind of makes... I also say like red zone, safe football, fantasy football, safe football too. Cause people have a lot more interest in random games and players in that sense. Saved is the wrong word, but kept the longevity. No, yeah, longevity it's definitely enhanced the, it enhanced the, the viewership. Great word. Absolutely. Enhanced. Um, I, I, I love red zone. I do. And I feel like I still learn a lot about teams on red zone because normally when you're watching without it, you get two games and that's all you can watch. And then you watch yeah. highlights. This you get, a pretty good amount of all of the games because they show all of the teams in their in their opportunities to score. So you get to see kind of a, and they show you the highlights of the big plays. So you're not really missing anything. Yeah, I, t- I mean, I it's it's hard for me to so watch. I don't want to lose Red Zone. Yeah, oh no, of course. I think Red Zone should st- should still be there, but I mean, it's it's one of those things. I think giving you you know the opportunity to see certain teams play, you can really get a better idea of who they are, what they're about. Again, it's it's Red Zone. We just saw the interception in the the Bengals. Uh, Dolphins game, you know, that we probably think that the Dolphins defense was amazing, you know, right now. That might have been the first big play they've made all day or will make for the rest of the Dolphins uh, for defense the rest has of the been very good. Though. Dolphins defense, that's, I'm, that, that aside, Dolphins defense has been really good, but we just saw one good play from them. That could be the only good play they have all day, you know, and so it's like red zone sometimes doesn't tell the full story. You know, I forget the, the kid's name from Oregon a couple weeks ago, and I was like, man, he had a great game. Yeah, like, man, 15 solo solo tackles he was like man he was getting burnt he was like well you look at those you know you look at those solo tackles then it looks like he was was, uh, he was killing but you have to see the whole game to know that not this he was getting burnt for you know 70 percent of that game so sometimes these highlights don't do don't do it justice but i would i would like football you know it'd be dope if they did it like you know if it was every day like kind of like joe was saying like a game monday tuesday wednesday but if they were on different networks you know so like maybe different network can rent out like mtv put on a game one day that would be cool they don't show anything else on the mtv there's no video so uh i'm sorry they're showing ridiculousness for the three thousand straight fifty thousand hours straight you know <laughs> so why not put a football game on you think that would in- increase viewership for mtv absolutely people would. would find it that's for sure live on mtv wednesday afternoon Seriously. football let let puck be one of the commentators or something like that like one of those guys oh you <laughs> sway deck on the let's call. sway <laughs> do some stuff we so not only are you putting it on reporter. that channel yeah. you're now putting the actual personalities of that channel on there. we go that's to our sideline reporter chanel west coast yeah, what's going on there chanel and she's just gonna be laughing all goofy the whole time like <laughs> carson so. daly returns to mtv as the play-by-play announcer for <laughs> I can see thursday carson, morning football. i can see carson daly being like a foot like a host for like a you know like a monday morning quarterback or something like that i can absolutely see him being a host well i mean just because you saw him as the host for tlc there you go what was it called trl trl what did i say trlc because i probably listened to them on trl hey oh tlc was all that was a dad joke sorry all right coming up next we got hate it or love it uh first joe has sports Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. The music means it is time for Hate It or Love It. Joe will ask us questions and award us points for our answers. And the winner hosts the last segment. Rashad, 
Last time we were in was on a little bit of a run, I think. You were on like two or three wins in a row or something? I think it was I think it was I think it was just one. Because I think you won the one before that one. Did I? I feel like you've been winning more often. But uh, you know what? That's okay. Hey, I've Adrian been, Peterson scored a touchdown. I've been paying Joe prior to the show starting. That makes sense. That there makes we go. Sense. All right. Uh, Cash app money sign Joe Fish. Bitcoin. I'll take it. <laughs> All right, Joe. What do you got for us today? All right. So uh, I've said it in my update that apparently there's two coaches on the hot seat. Eagles head coach Doug Peterson and Gloria, too. And uh, Anthony Lynn, Chargers head coach, uh, both on the hot seat. Apparently, if they don't finish their season strong... But let's stick with Doug Peterson because I feel like the Eagles season probably had the most expectations or highest expectations, rather. And it uh, they basically are trying their hardest not to win the division at this point when they have the only healthy quarterback in Carson Wentz out of the four teams in that division. So, hate it or love it, Doug Peterson will be fired at season's end. Boy, I hope, I hope my answer is the correct one. I'm going to say hate it because... Remember, he's a Super Bowl winning head coach. It was with Nick Foles. It was not with Carson Wentz, but he is a Super Bowl winning head coach. And we are like a year and a half removed of talking about him as the next great head coach in the NFL. Coming from the Andy Reid coaching tree, good offensive mind. What the Eagles have going on right now is not necessarily a coaching issue, I don't think. You have a ton of injuries, and they've had for two years, right? They haven't had a healthy receiver for two years, it feels like. When a guy like Travis Fulgham, who turned out to be good this year, comes out of literally nowhere, and you go, who is this guy, and he's your best receiver, that's a problem. When you have a million offensive line injuries, and Carson Wentz has played behind this year 11 different offensive line combinations, that's a problem. Um, And then you have Carson Wentz, who's now seen ghosts. He's your top pick, number two pick in the draft. And what is this, his fourth or fifth year now? He's had a couple of injuries, really serious injuries. And now he's just like, he can't stay upright in the pocket and he's throwing a ton of picks. This is not Doug Peterson's fault. I don't think they should fire Doug Peterson because of the issues that the players and the injuries are having in front of him. I know the the blame falls on the head coach generally, but I think he's a good head coach. And I think he's just had a really rough couple of years with the luck. And I think he should stay. So I'm going to say he. Um... It's different. So for Peterson, uh, I, I I hate that they should fire him. He's actually proven uh, that he is a Super Bowl winning coach. It was just three years ago, and with a backup, he went and won the Super Bowl. You know, he outplayed one of the best teams that football has ever seen in the New England Patriots and won their first, first Super Bowl. And again, with the backup, I think that says a lot about Doug Peterson. But this year, they've been really they've been they've been bad and it seemed there's looked like there's been a lack of effort with everybody i think there was a team meeting that they had that the eagles had and uh a lot of the guys brandon graham uh jason um kelsey uh, and we're just kind of telling talking about accountability and how the coaching staff needs to be more accountable the players need to be more accountable right now there's a lot of things going on uh with philadelphia but i don't think that warrants him being fired just yet i think a lot of things happen including carson wentz not being healthy so I think there's a lot of things that go into that. So they should keep him for one more year. Anthony Lynn, however, uh, hasn't shown much. You know, the, the Chargers continue to show that they could be okay, but they always find some bonehead way to lose a game in the end. And this happened uh, back when their quarterback was uh, the, the, the good old boy. And now uh, it's happening when your quarterback, it looks like he's going to be one of the best players uh, in all of football as he gets older in Justin Herbert. But you still have the exact same problems. That's not a that's not a team problem. That's a that's a leadership issue. And right now, that's Anthony Lynn. As much as I love him, especially because I'd love to see more.
more black head coaches, general managers, and owners in the NFL. Right now, Anthony Lynn is just not very good at his job. And you have to be good at your job uh, to be able to really stay in these positions. He seems like he's a good dude. He seems like he's a good motivator, but he's a terrible, like, X's and O's clock management head coach. Herm Edwards was the same way. Good dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody wants he can rally your team, but when it came time to make adjustments and do stuff, that's a big problem for you. And while I want you to win, obviously as a black man, I don't want to see anybody get fired from these you know, prominent positions, but you have to be good at your job at the end. I wonder, I can't remember exactly which game it was. It was two games ago. It was the nail in the coffin for me for Anthony Lynn because I trusted Anthony Lynn. I thought that he was good, but uh, it was, or I thought he could be good, I should say. It was when Justin Herbert threw the deep pass that got them down to the one, and they ran up with the clock running out and no timeouts left, and they ran the football with 12 seconds to go. They didn't clock it. They didn't throw a pass. They ran the ball. They got stuffed. The clock ran out. And I went, what on earth is Anthony Lynn doing calling a running play when you don't have an effing timeout? It was the dumbest thing I had seen. And I went, well, they're going to charge her again. And it's at this point, it's his fault. Yeah. So that's that's, that's what it is at this point. You see... Uh, certain teams, good teams, make adjustments when they need to to win games. Unfortunately, Anthony Lane just hasn't been able to do that yet. Okay, on to our next one from uh, coaches that could be on their way out to a player that is going to be probably looking for a new team in the offseason because his season is done. Jadavion Clowney, he had surgery earlier in the week on his knee, done for the year, and I believe it was just a one-year deal he inked with the Titans. So he's going to be looking for a new team. He has registered zero sacks this year, and I believe like 19 total tackles. This is coming from his stint with the Seahawks, which people seem to be uh, iffy on if that was even a good run with them. Um, I mean, hate it or love it. Jadavion Clowney is a bust. Oh, jeez. Uh, oh, um, hate it. Uh, to be a bust, you have to be just terrible like uh, you had to have never have recorded a pro bowl you had to have never uh really made any impact on the game ryan bosworth was a bust you know somebody that came in with all of the the hype around him in the world and then was not able to do anything we've seen jadevian Clowney take over games when he's healthy we saw him do it when he was in tennessee we saw and we see him do it or excuse me when he was a texan uh we've seen him do it as a seahawk you know he's just one of those guys if he's around uh the right defense with the right defensive coordinator man he is a beast he's a problem but he's also one of those guys that needs to be motivated to play you know for whatever reason there's something going on upstairs to where there's some days where he's easily the best defensive end or linebacker in the league and then there's some days where he's incredibly pedestrian but you know in between there that he can be great i think he will be back at some point but to call him a bust i think is really unfair we know the bust when we see them jamarcus russell was a bust uh um again bosworth was a, a bust and we can go on and on i think jadevian Clowney has had some success in the nfl so it's hard to call him a bust yeah i mean I, it's hard to disagree with that he's had a long career he's been on three different teams he's made money so he, I'll, I'll say hate he's not a bust but boy is he even one of the more disappointing players absolutely recently in the nfl uh, i think one thing that's tough is what is the one thing we all remember from Jadavion Clowney? That hit in South Carolina. Where he hit the Michigan running back and like everything popped off and he fumbled the ball and he picked up the fumble himself. Uh, it was an incredible play. And he looked like a giant in a little ass jersey. He looked incredible. He looked like he was going to be the next great pass rusher in the NFL. But that never materialized. You're right. He's had some moments. Mm-hmm. But in Houston, he was always disappointing. Always hurt. He was health or he was he was not healthy. 
And when he was healthy, he would sleepwalk through half of his games. In Seattle, Seahawks fans wanted him back, but I think it's because they, their defense was so bad generally that it was like, oh, a player who's doing something. Look at what happened this year when they added Carlos Dunlap. All of a sudden, the defense became better again because they had a pass rush, and Dunlap is better than Jadavion Clowney is. So I think that was a little bit misled from Seahawks fans, and he's done literally nothing in Tennessee, who's a good team too. I just think he's a guy who made his name off of one incredible play, especially in the in the eyes of fans, and went really high in the draft and just never had the motivation to get better. That's what if you're that talented and if you're that physically a freak, it's about your motivation. It's a level classic story, point. man. It's a classic, it's a classic story. story. And I think that's Jadavion and Clowney. All right, on to the next one. The Baltimore Ravens, after playing their Wednesday game against the Steelers, where Robert Griffin III started the game, and I don't know who they had at running back. I guess it was, uh, it was Gus your Edwards boy, your boy and Gus Justice Edwards. Hill. That's right. Too bad that uh, COVID didn't hit earlier for Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins for you, Mike. <laughs> But uh, the mm. Ravens, they looked very uh, subpar because they had basically a subpar team on Wednesday. They will get Lamar Jackson back on Tuesday. But as the standings are uh, looking right now, they're the ninth seed in the in the NF, well, in the AFC rather. And if the whole cliche, if the playoffs started today, which they don't, the Ravens would not make it. So. Hate or love it. The Ravens will not make the playoffs after being the number one seed just a year ago. I love it. I love it. I mean, Lamar Jackson said it himself that the other teams know what plays are coming. And in the middle of the season, that's really hard to fix. Like you have like your, your playbook and you can change things and you can change your calls, but that's really difficult to fix when other teams know what's coming. And one question that I always had, I think a lot of people always had with a guy like Lamar Jackson and the offense that they were running is they were running a very simple offense that was predicated on the defense being confused as to who had the ball. A la Chicago Bears, maybe? Maybe. And Lamar Jackson was incredible last year. He was the MVP last year, and he deserved it. But what what is one thing that we have always seen in the NFL? Quarterbacks who run first before passing always get found out. They always get figured out. And Lamar Jackson... Look, he has a good arm. He's not a bad passer, but he's a better runner than he is a passer. That is just a fact. It is true. And when that's the case, you get figured out a little bit. Now, that doesn't mean that Lamar Jackson can't improve and then figure out the defense is back. We've seen that happen back and forth a couple of times. But the Ravens just aren't very good when Lamar Jackson isn't fooling the other team. And he can't throw the ball as well as other quarterbacks. So if you need him to throw, it's not going to be as consistent. So, no, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I don't. They don't have a ton of skill on their offense, to be honest with you. Outside of Lamar Jackson, your running back is an old Mark Ingram who isn't that good anymore. Um, you've got a great rookie in J.K. Dobbins, but he's just now getting up to speed. And receiver-wise, what? you got Hollywood Brown who can go for 80 yards at a time but barely catches the ball every game. Willie Sneed with two catches for 20 yards. A great tight end who's on the COVID list this week. And Mark Andrews, that's it. So I don't think great defense. They got a great defense, but when their offense can't click, you're in a tough division and they're not making the playoffs. Uh, what was, what, what am I hitting again? I was listening to Lynch. The Ravens will not oh, the, make the uh, Yeah, I, I love it, man. Um, unfortunately, man, this is more of an indictment on Jim Harbaugh or John Harbaugh to me than it is uh, to Lamar Jackson. Like, you know what Lamar Jackson does. That's why you drafted him number one overall, because you know exactly, you know, how good uh, this kid can be. 
Here's the cold part, though. As a coach, like we were just kind of talking about Anthony Lynn, it is your job to make adjustments and make sure that you put your team in the right position to win. Last year, Lamar Jackson threw for 36 touchdowns and six interceptions. Through 11 weeks of the NFL, do you know how many touchdowns Lamar Jackson has thrown? Like six. <laughs> six. That's not a that's not a oh man the, they know they know what's coming like this is your offensive coordinator and your head coach calling the same play over and over again because you keep going back to the well because you believe that it's going to work. Here you have a guy that's or is shown it that, that, that or is it that Lamar Jackson can't do the other things? Lamar Jackson threw 36 touchdowns and six interceptions last year. Doing we the know same he can plays throw. they're doing now. Yeah, but we know he can throw, and we know that he can mm. that he can make uh, things happen. Right now, he has what? How many uh, interceptions? Uh, he's only got three picks on the year. Or excuse me. Uh, Six picks on the year. Excuse me, 15 touchdowns, six picks on the year. So he's doing half of the production that he had. Oh, I was looking at the wrong one. I'm sorry. Okay, I was going to say. 16 touchdowns. That's what I meant to say. Forgive me. Uh, 16 touchdowns as opposed to the... uh, uh, to the to the 36 that he had last year. You're looking at a dude that we know can do the work, but unfortunately, his team isn't, you know, his coaching staff isn't putting them in positions to win. That's not on Lamar Jackson. Man, he doesn't call the plays. The coaching staff does. So until they decide to do something to fix that, they're going to keep calling out those plays, keep sniffing that out, and they're going to continue to lose yards and lose games. All right. It's all formality at this point, but I saw this going around the Twitter sphere the other day. That uh, maybe Carmelo Anthony might change his number Stupid. on his uh, jersey. The question is, is should he be allowed to change the number? And that number is seven. No. That uh, number is uh, holds near and dear to some Blazer fans. So, hate or love it. Carmelo should be able to wear number seven it. if he wants to. I hate it. I hate it. He didn't wear seven last year. Why is he going to wear seven this year when he's coming off the bench? Seven is Brandon Roy, right? And I understand that it, it wasn't the longest career, and I understand it was cut short, and there's been some contention about certain things, but it's Brandon Roy. I know it's not a retired number, but you don't touch that number. You don't do it. Man. I know it's mellow, and that's his number. He didn't wear it last year. You don't do it. I hate it. Brandon hate Roy it. changed the Blazers franchise. He saved us from being the jailblazers. He completely changed the narrative of Blazer basketball, man. There was a time when the after the Trailblazers drafted Greg Oden, people projected the Blazers to win a championship within three years. They were that good. Brandon Roy was that special of a player. When he was playing, the three best point guards in the league, or three best two guards in the league were Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade, and Brandon Roy. That was that that's that's not a question about it. Like I love Damian Lillard. But you look at how good Brandon Roy was at such a natural player. Everything he did was so easy and effortless. It was like he was playing on 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 rookie for most of the time because everything he did was just so, huh, just toss it up, left-hand layup, step-back uh, dribbling. Like, he could do everything. So, yes, he's a special dude. His number should have been retired for what he did for this franchise. But, uh, no, that's Carmelo. still be retired. Go back to 15. If you want to do that, go to number 15. I'm you, with that. you can't wear number seven here in Portland. Sorry, bro. I think that I love you, Melo. You're one of my favorite players of all time. You're number 15. We, we I, did I, get this text that said, if nobody can wear it, then retire the damn number. I agree. Retire it. Retire yeah. it. Absolutely. I think the double zero is dope, too. I hope he stays with but that. That's, that's, that's Duckworth. You can't, you can't keep that. That's Kevin Duckworth. Oh, I mean, okay. Duckworth. Well, now, now you're. Okay. <laughs> Do you know who Kevin Duckworth? Yeah, you know I know who he is. Yes. He's already wearing yes. it, so I mean, I'm he's sorry, already, he's already, already done had that. the number. He's Rashad. already done that, man. Obviously, you know everybody's cool with it, but I'm just like, we just forgot about Kevin Duckworth. Who was here? Okay, what's well, cool? I just, he was an all star, but it's cool. Moving can you on. go zero seven? Probably double oh seven. Why not? <laughs> if you can go zero zero, go zero seven. Yeah, why not? <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> now I want that to happen. Blazer fans, uh-oh. AJ oh, Brown just went down. Non-contact injury. That looks like an uh, Achilles, Achilles to me. Yeah, it looks like an Achilles. 
Hopefully it's just an ankle sprain. But uh, let's see. Can you put weight on it? He is putting weight on it. That's probably not an Achilles if you can put weight on it. Okay. All right. AJ Ryan is healthy. I just smacked the microphone. Sorry. Uh, coming up. Oh, yeah. Joe, who won? Oh, yeah. Mike. Okay. <laughs> you said it was a formality, but Rashad got like four points in the last well, one. So. He, he lost the point with that uh, stat flub. Look at I the wrong part. I'm I sorry. I would have been shocked. I mean, that was a shocking I'm stat. Sorry. I was shocked. I was shocked with six touchdowns as well. 16, yeah, it was, it, was, it was 16. It was my fault. I'm sorry. Right. Well, Look at the wrong line. It happens. Players mess up. Well, that's why you lost the point. Yep. Wins him, you lose him. Whatever, bro. <laughs> you didn't pay him Stop enough today. Stop the count. I didn't pay him today. We got in at the same time. He didn't get his, his cut today. All right, let's, uh, let's uh, wrap up the show next. This is Football Sunday on The Fan. Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Only a couple minutes to go, so I'll ask this very simple question. Are the Browns good? Looks like it. They're 8-3. and three. Their schedule was not particularly scary. If you looked at it, I think we did this on primetime this week. Their wins are against the Bengals, the football team, the Cowboys, the Colts, Good win. The Bengals, the Texans, the Eagles, and the Jaguars. <laughs> Those are their wins. So you have one good win, and you lost to the Ravens, Steelers, and Raiders, the three good teams that you played. But you're 8-3, and three, right? And you're playing the Titans, who won last week, have looked pretty good, and you are now smoking them. It is 24-7? to 24-7 early in the second quarter, as they just had a deep touchdown pass to... Some guy I've never heard of before. Donovan Peoples-Jones. Kind of cool name. 75-yard touchdown pass. DPJ. I like it. Um, I don't know. Peoples-Jones is a cool last name. It like, is. Don't. It is. Don't cut that short. No, it is. Yeah. I like it. Are the Browns good? It looks like it, man. Like, And you know what? It. We shouldn't be super surprised. Um, the Browns have been really preparing for this moment for a long time. How many number one picks and top 15 picks and great second round picks have they had over the past man five or six years you know they've been able to pick up a lot of guys via free agency the kareem hunt you know pickup was was bigger than i think a lot of us thought it would be like i think a lot of us thought the kareem hunt was really just a product of that uh that kansas city offense and which that offense is still amazing but he comes into this browns offense along with nick chubb and whoa like that's arguably the best one, two in all of football as mm-hmm. far as the running back position. And so then you got a guy in Baker Mayfield who can't be a bonehead, but it's it, he's he's progressing as a quarterback. Like he's not making leaps and huge leaps and bounds every year, but every year he just continues to get a little bit better, throw the ball a little bit smarter. Like that, that pass he just had to Peoples Jones was amazing. You know what I mean? And so if he can continue to do that, yes, I think the Browns could really be a problem. And in the playoffs, all you need to do is – all you need to do is win one. You don't have to win three. You don't have to win two. All you got to do is win one. And I think they're good enough just to go in there and win one. Here's a somber note to end our show on. Just got the notification on my phone. Blazers have closed the practice facility due to three positive COVID tests within the organization. Jeez oh, Louise. Guys, please stay home. And so it Please begins. stay safe. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. It's not a joke. 
This is not, we're, we're not playing no more, man. I want to get back to normal. I want to go back to the games. I want to go back to concerts because it doesn't happen if everybody doesn't stay safe. Please stay safe out there. Vaccines are coming. Just be, just be smart for another couple months and you'll be good. You'll be able to get the vaccine and everything will be fine. Mostly. All right. Hopefully uh, all of that is okay and it's not a, a bad look at what the NBA is going to look like coming up. Just take care of yourself. Traveling. There's no bubbles. Just take care of yourself, good people. Seahawks Giants coming up next. We'll be back next week. Have a very good rest of your Sunday. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.